All right, guys, you know that supporting local business is in our blood, and we're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. And it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local, local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. And guess what? Snow is coming, and we've already had a taste of it. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. DRC can cut, si cut to size and pre-slot most snowplow rubber. The blades can be cut to length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back, and it was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades, and we even witnessed machines that cut material that are used in bulletproof vests. Remember, Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all, and you can purchase your products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today for any slope, snowplow needs, custom caskets, hoses, etc. at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. Into the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Make sure you use the code DNVR20 to get in on some of that rich, tasty CBD infused coffee. And I'm sure you're going to want it hot if you're like most people today, as it is um, the negative one degree wind chill here in Denver as the snow comes down. Although I just finished a nice ice cold coffee. I don't think it's that bad out there. As they said in Caddyshack, I don't think the heavy stuff's coming down for a while. Oh, oh it's going to be quite the day then. There's some slipping and sliding already. Oh, it was bad. Yeah, there was a one fish tail moment for me. But at least nobody was going the wrong way on a divided road, like a, a six-lane road, like happened to me yesterday when I'm just going northbound Havana, head for Duff Valley after getting after it transitioned from Dry Creek. And, oh, there's a car coming right at me. Mace, you were just five minutes late then because that was happening right outside of where we are right now when I was coming here. Yeah. Oh, I can tell you that there's someone going the wrong way, and it's the Denver Broncos. <laughs> hey, now. They Maybe are... that's the metaphor. Maybe that's why some divine presence put that car in front of me to remind me this is what the Denver Broncos are. They are going southbound in the northbound left-hand lane. I could not agree more. Last night, after we had a long discussion yesterday about the Broncos and Drew Locke and, and Brandon Allen, oh, we didn't really talk about Brandon Allen, who would want to do that, uh, but Joe Flacco and Brett Rippon, we have all this conversation, and it was very clear that all of us believed, okay, we get, the, we get the deal with Drew Locke. You're not going to make him the backup this week. It's just not fair to him. But obviously, you're going to bring him back to practice this week. And yet, late last evening, Mike Kliss with the reporting says, Brett Rippon is expected to be promoted to the practice squad to become Brad Allen's backup. 
<laughs> they brought in a new guy, I guess. Uh, Broncos keeping plan to have Drew Locke wait until after bye to start practicing. This is terrible. I'm what, sorry. What I... sort of backwards, upside-down world am I living in? Guys, this isn't just – it's not just terrible. There's zero reason for this. Zero. And I agree with you, Ryan. If you don't want to make it in the backup this week – Okay, I get it. There's enough justification and enough coach talk that you can do to back yourself up with that. But not have him practice? Why? What is the point of that? And now I've seen people on Twitter say, oh, well, it's because, you know, they're not going to practice during the bye week. False. Uh, it, it's because <laughs> They'll have two practices that week, by the ex- way. Exactly. It's It's because, you know, I, I don't even know the other oh. excuses that I heard. But first off, the bye week thing is false. They do practice during the bye week. And uh, just excuses about this week. No, you bring him back to practice because he is going to be your backup quarterback in at least two weeks. I am, am just absolutely beside myself over this. Like, I actually felt like a crazy person last night. Like, I this is how I assume people who are, like, so into politics act when a politician just does something completely outlandish. Like, I just assume they're just, like, freaking out in their house. Like, what What do you mean he said that? Are you kidding me? Like, just lose. That's how I felt last night. I felt like I was losing it. And I, to watch, like, to give you guys a little behind the scenes of how things work in the media, a lot of times when you see stuff being reported, it's because the team – is telling the reporters watching the reporters who are who are getting fed information by the team try to explain this is actually like a comedy exercise because it's inexplicable there is nothing you can say to it like i i saw one media member say like drew's just not ready to return to practice yet and i'm like what do you mean vic fangio said quote he's fine actually the, the quote was he just needs more time and- more time for what? And no, but health-wise, he's fine. Oh, yes. No, pretty That's good. That's the point. Pretty good, pretty good yes. What was, was the quote? Yeah. How, so, many, how many other guys are pretty good right now? I mean, you have guys playing that aren't pretty good. Well, this is, I think, this is Brandon a, Allen isn't pretty good in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> well, this is an example of the old Mark Twain quote. Better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. And I wonder if this is a case where they're trying to push Drew Locke back and back because right now he's the unknown commodity. But if he goes out there, maybe he is just not ready. And then John Elway is made to look like a fool in the court of public opinion. But that's what's happening right now on this podcast is John Elway is being made to look like a fool in the court of public opinion. Well, I mean, just talk about the Flacco signing the trade, for example. Gets up there repeatedly and says Joe Flacco is entering his prime. Yeah, that's a hell of a prime he was in those first eight games. Here's the thing. At least it was Joe Flacco. It was a Super Bowl MVP. It was a guy that had won a Super Bowl. A guy who had been below average among starters for the last four years. No, I, I, I was all over that as well. But at least there was something to sell. Right now, Mace, you said Drew Locke is an unknown. Brandon Allen is an unknown. Brett Rippin is an unknown. Brett Rippin is in the exact same spot as Drew Locke, a rookie that has no playing experience, and he's an undrafted guy. I would actually feel, honestly, I would actually feel more comfortable with Brett Rippin than Brandon Allen. Me too. I wouldn't. Based on what I've seen. Actually, didn't Brandon Allen outduel Brett Rippin in that preseason game? Weren't they? Didn't they both start that game? 
Brandon Allen definitely. Was that the third game though? Yes, that was the third. That was game. Kevin Hogan, wasn't oh, it? Oh right, well, the Hogan show. Yeah, the thing, the thing. Brandon <laughs> no, I Allen. Never here's the problem. This I didn't want to hear that name ever again. <laughs> Brandon Allen. That game looked like a halfway decent potential backup quarterback. He had the best throw in the game. It's right. in Andre's film room from yesterday. Brandon Allen. The next week is throwing off his back foot. Yeah, yeah. He's the ball is flying all over the place. So it was when they signed Brandon Allen. The first thought that went through my head was it's like they only watched the game that the Rams played against the Broncos. They didn't watch the next game. The Brandon Allen that I saw in the preseason finale looked like a guy who should have been on his way to the CFL or something. All right, all right. Enough about the Denver Broncos starting quarterback. No one wants to hear about that. <laughs> I, th- Not even uh, if he's Nick Mullins? N- well, they're, I feel like they think that we're all stupid. That's how I feel today. I'm like... They just think that we're gonna we're just gonna give them the benefit of the doubt, and and I, when I say we, I mean the people as a whole, not just the media, the but fan I think, base, right? Yes. The, the fan. I feel like they think we're just supposed to be like, well, they must know something we don't, you know. And the only explanation for this, and it's not a good one, is just that they are trying to delay this and they're trying to push it back further and further. But there's no there's no possible reason. Why that would make any sense? Does it say why? Why? Because Another thing he, I saw a media member say was like, "Well, he uh, they want to make sure he's completely ready before he goes out there." Talking about on the field, and I'm well, like, they they might throw Brett Rippin out there if because Brett well, Rippin is just, one play away. Is he completely ready? But no, you're willing to throw him to the wolves? Well, it's like this ultra protective thing. But someone said like. You have to get him. He, they want him to be a thousand percent ready before he plays. And I'm like, nobody okay. is a thousand percent ready. I don't even care. He can't get ready at all without practicing football. Like the further you, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to protect here because we would understand if they're saying, hey, we're going to practice him this week, but we aren't going to put him on the field until he has had enough practice time. And then they can at least feed us this thing of, hey, he needs another week. Hey, he needs another week. He's still grasping the offense. He's still shaking off the rust. And then you bake that's him. A lo- that's a lot easier to sell than, well, we're just going to keep holding him out of practice. It would be so easy to just say, okay, he's practicing this week. He's on the 53-man roster. Okay, fine. If he's not ready to be in uniform, he's not. But at least you get him practicing. I mean, there's – what are you clinging to? Okay, is there somebody in that 53rd spot that you have to have that you just – we can't – Yes, okay. it's Drew Locke. No, but it's like, oh, we can't let go of Calvin Anderson. Oh, he's valuable. No one even knows who that is. <laughs> Literally zero people who are listening to this podcast know who that is. This is my point. It's you, you start you start getting lost in the dense weeds of tangled thought. That's where the Broncos kind of are right now. You start outthinking yourselves. No, this is simple. That's an album cover, by the way. The dense weeds of tangled thought. <laughs> yeah. Th- this is really simple. Definitely metal. It doesn't harm you in any way, shape, or form to have Drew Locke be the 53rd man on your roster until he's ready to get into a game. So why... So you don't even have to right. put him on the roster. You can practice him two weeks two before weeks. you have exactly. to do it. Two so, weeks, But that's what I mean. He'd be on the roster by, say, the Viking game. And that's and he's fine. He's just replacing Joe Flacco, who needs to go to IR. Or he's replacing Jawan James, who's <laughs> could be head IR. There's Bryce Callahan. It, does he play for this team? Is he a Bronco? He's not I don't even know. a real person. Anyway, you have all these guys that are just taking up space. So don't tell me that you can't that you're delaying this because you need the, the roster spot or you know he's not ready. No, just get just practice him, 
get him on the 53 for the Viking game. And I'm fine with that. Plan to start him against the Chargers and give him a shot at home and allow him to get his feet wet. That's fine, but it's completely asinine to not have him practicing right now. I'm this so- is the this is honestly, I'm sorry. This is the dumbest thing I've seen from the Denver Broncos in the last three years, and that's saying a lot. I'm so glad that you guys are both in the same mind space as I am, because I truly felt crazy yesterday as I was like reading this stuff. Like, here's one thing um, from a reporter. Allen will start, Rippon will be the backup. Until Locke gets the max amount of quality practices possible, then he will move in at the back. If yeah, you want to give him the max amount, you start practicing <laughs> him start. this week. <laughs> I, I, was, I was too logical yesterday thinking about when Drew Locke will get his first start, and I should have stuck with my preseason prediction and my prediction I made last week of Week 13 like you did, Ryan. But that's what it's going to be at the earliest is when Locke, Drew Locke gets his first start as week 13 because another, a few other tidbits from that Mike Kliss tweet was that Drew Locke, it's not just this week. We're going to have the same conversation next week when he doesn't practice during the bye. So he's going to start practicing at the earliest week 11 before that Minnesota Vikings game. And the way they're treating him right now, there's no way he's going to be the backup. It's for not that like week. he's going to get those five practices back. Those practices are gone. You're, yep. you're basically wasting time again. So if you practice him now, you have to get him on the 53 for the Viking game. That's fine. What are they afraid of? They are just wasting time. Again, I cannot put into words how colossally short-sighted and stupid this thinking is. It's, it's, well, it's, it's not even short-sighted, though. There, there's because there's no there's benefit no to yeah. doing this. Here's here's another uh, report here. Broncos will go with Brandon Allen and Brett Rippon. Drew Locke expect, expected to practice after the bye. Just needs some time to get ready. Don't know what that means. And no reason to start his 21 day R I 21 day IR practice clock yet with him not the number two this week. Why? <laughs> so Why you is there have, no reason? So you the can have ju- so you can practice him. So you can have Jawan James and Bryce Callahan on the ro- and Joe Flacco on the roster even if they're injured and potentially out for the year that's why i mean it's, but it's again, not even why that's not a good reason he doesn't take up a roster spot right now i know but then he takes up a roster spot sooner than if you start practicing before the viking game right, that's still assume, not a good reason i'm sorry ass- and you would assume all three of these guys are going to be on ir by that time and i'm not mad at the reporters here because like i said they're just trying to explain what, what the Broncos are telling They're them, trying but. to rationalize the irrational. And on top of all of this, a report from Ian Rappaport comes out that says Joe Flacco is getting another opinion today, and he could be out as long as five to six weeks. Doesn't believe it's surgery-worthy. Doesn't believe it's career-ending worthy. But five to six weeks? So are you really going to keep Joe Flacco on the 53-man roster and with the thoughts of bringing him back oh week God. 14? I'm week not, 15, but they week might. 16, week 16, I mean, what are we talking You're going to bring Joe Flacco back to a potentially two-win team. And think about this, okay? Let's say you win a bunch of games in the next five or six weeks without Joe Flacco. Let's say Brandon Allen is Nick Mullins in this scheme, but Kyle Allen in terms of guiding his team to wins, as Kyle Allen has in Carolina. You're talking about Brandon Allen? I'm just saying. This is the (laughs) remote hypothetical. This happens. So Brandon Allen starts the next three games, 
and the Broncos go two and one. I'm just saying it's possible. Or the next four games, if Flat goes out for five weeks, and the Broncos go three and one. So they're sitting at five and seven. And Joe Flacco's coming back. Are you really going to play Joe Flacco? I mean... So if, if Flacco is going to be out five weeks, there isn't a possibility that says, we're putting Joe Flacco back in. No, you put him on IR. Listen, put Joe Flacco into a cannon and send him into the sun. <laughs> You're that, that done, huh? Yeah, it's like, it's like, just forget about everything after that. that, that this is the end. Uh, I mean, I just, I feel like a crazy person, and it's driving me nuts. You're not crazy. I know. You're just violent. Sending people to the sun. I, th- I think that, this is where I've been pushed. I think the thought patterns of this team are making us all crazy. I, I truly believe like it's it's twisting the wires in my brain. And here's 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 the thing too is it's so hard to give this organization the benefit of the doubt. Now they are two and six this year. They're on pace to finish four and twelve. And that's on top of everything that's gone on since Peyton left. Like, Joe Flacco's neck is damn near broken, and no one even believes them. That's how, that's how gone the trust is <laughs> between the people and the organization right now. Okay, we have to move quickly here because the Broncos just moved up media availability, and that wouldn't be a big deal if we were at the Broncos facility right now, but as it turns out, we're not allowed to be there. So we're allowed to well, be we're allowed there. to be there. We aren't we're not allowed, allowed to, to podcast. We aren't allowed to occupy rooms for more than 15 minutes at a time. Not even five more? What if we do like a quick 15-minute segment, then come out, <laughs> wait an hour, Make go our back. presence known that we're not in there? Yes. Yeah. What is the, what is the uh, statute of limitations on how long it has to take to reset? I bet if we did that, we could get away with it for three days. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe oh, three man. segments. Well, anyways, uh, shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. And specifically, the Strawberry Sky, it is a fantastic beer. It's so good. Even on an an ice-cold, snowy day like this, the Strawberry Sky sounds good. So, go down to your local liquor store. Maybe it's Davidson's. Maybe it's Total Beverage. Maybe you just go directly to the campus over at Breckenridge Brewery and get yourself some Strawberry Sky and enjoy you one of the best beers Maybe ever. And after that, enjoy yourself a little green solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. So get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest green solution for pickup. And when you're there, use that code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase at the green solution. All right, well, if we're feeling crazy, I'm sure the fans are feeling crazy. And if you want to share your rants and have them heard on this podcast, all you got to do is subscribe to DNVR. Go to thednvr.com backslash subscribe and use one of our codes. I won't be mad if you use Zach or Mace's code. I would prefer if you use the code RK. But no matter what you do, get in there and join the family. Guys, you heard it from the man himself. He doesn't care what code you use, so use that code ZAC hey. and I will love you forever. Like I said the first day of this contest, we're sitting I'm 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 in I'm sitting with two what Goliaths? I'm the David just <laughs> just just trying to keep up so help the underdog. I think Morris is the Goliath, but I, <laughs> certainly he's got a very helpful team right now, but here's and, the and ch- real quick yeah. And I'll let you pitch your uh, your code yeah. there in a sec. You're interrupting but my pitch. Here. I just want I want the people to understand we have never been beaten by another beat. 
The Nuggets have never beat us. The Avs have never beat us. The Rockets have never beat us. The Avs have never beat us. The Rams have never beat us. We are undefeated all time in cumulative. And we are losing right now to the Nuggets pretty significantly. So you, as you're listening in this car, it will be your fault if we lose for our first time ever because you didn't subscribe. And, and su- super quick, Mace, if you I'm use any of in. those codes, specifically Zach, Z-A-C, you also get an awesome t-shirt of your choice okay go ahead Mason. all right but here's the thing <laughs> you are in broncos country and maybe you're not a nuggets fan maybe you like the broncos more than the nuggets but here is the chance to show that denver is a broncos town first and foremost the nuggets are at their apex the broncos their lowest ebb but if we have this competition and you use the code ryan or rk zach i'd prefer you use the code mace personally I won't object if you use RK or Zach. That's CAC, by the way. Got to remind you of that. It Thanks, Mace. establishes the primacy of Broncos country on the Denver sports scene forever. Because when the Broncos are in the world of suck and they still win this competition, it shows who owns this town. Amen. It's a Broncos town. Amen. All right, let's get to these questions. The first one comes in from Dylan C. West. He says, hey, guys, there's a big crowd of Broncos country that is obsessed with coddling Drew Locke, and I get it. But in the wake of all this controversy, isn't this almost perfect for him? He faced constant controversy at Mizzou and came out on top of it almost always. From a mental makeup standpoint, Drew is the guy everyone in Dove Valley should be turning to, right? Like, always appreciate the coverage. Well, they can't turn to him if he's – the backup they can't turn to him if he's on IR he needs in terms of a, a mental makeup and a leadership he needs to be the guy for people to turn to him and and I believe he will have the juice that Joe Flacco doesn't have you know who doesn't feel like he needs the coddling Drew Locke yep absolutely 1000% really quick I meant to ask this in the first segment so I'll ask it really quick now this is a fluid situation it's been changing every day last week you guys believed week 13 for his first start I believed next year yesterday you guys moved up to week 11 i moved up to week 13 where are you now zach beep 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 week 13 backed up to week 13 i'd like it to be week 11 no chance i believe it will be week 13 what why is week 12 out of the question no one ever says week 12 no one wants to have their career debut in buffalo in the it's probably gonna be snowing (laughs) well and the other thing also is that the situation in Buffalo is the same as it is in Minnesota. So, okay, if you're not going to start him on the road at Minnesota, why are you starting him in Buffalo? Just wait until the circumstances are different. Next one coming in from World of Suck. Given the current situation, I'm glad Allen is starting. Locke needs practice to get ready for his first start. He sure does. But there's another angle, too. The Browns and the Chargers are only two winnable games left on the schedule, and this should prevent us from winning one of those games, which will help in the draft. Looking at the final standings after the last few seasons, there are times when one extra loss doesn't matter at all. There are other times when one extra loss jumps you up four spots in draft position which according to the draft value charts can be worth five times more than the draft capital we got back for Sanders. Crazy. I definitely do want Locke to get in there after the bye, though. Honestly, if the defense continues to keep teams around 15 to 20 points like they have been, Locke might be enough to inspire some real hope in Denver. Understand this. I told this story to a friend this morning. When I was a wee lad in Tampa, 1988, they played the Detroit Lions in the regular season finale. Bucks 21, Lions 10. In the moment, yay, feels good. Won two of the last three games at the end of the season. Momentum, blah, blah, blah. 
That win dropped the Bucks from third to sixth in the draft. The third pick, Detroit Lions, Barry Sanders. The fourth pick, Kansas City Chiefs, Derek Thomas. The fifth pick, Atlanta Falcons, Deion Sanders. Oh the sixth God. pick, the Bucks, Broderick Thomas, linebacker, no Nebraska. And if you're exactly, you say who, that is precisely my point. That is what you can lose. What if you win a couple of these games, and let's say you've figured out that Drew Locke is the guy, or that maybe you can't get in the top two and get two or Joe Burrow, but you can get a Jalen Hurts later, use some of that draft capital, move back up in the late round one. What if winning a couple of games cost you Chase Young? And I was thinking about this last night. Quickly, yesterday in the, in the media room, someone said jokingly said, how will the Brandon Allen era be remembered? And I said, by the draft pick the Broncos end up with. <laughs> yeah. But man, if two quarterbacks go one and two and you have the third overall pick, you truly could get Chase Young. And then it'll allow you to, it'll allow you to pick up Eli Manning in the offseason. Well, no. What you, again, I think the best plan of attack is get if you have the third pick and it goes to and Burrow and those two teams don't move, aren't willing to trade down, then you just say, okay, fine, we'll take Chase Young. Then all your energies go to taking those third-round picks, even that second-round pick, moving back into the middle of the first round and getting a quarterback there. No, 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 no quarter. The, if if you need a quarterback, you're taking them number three. But, you, but what if this, you get I'm Jalen living Hurts? in a world where Drew Locke balls out. Okay, fine. But if he doesn't ball out and you're going in another direction, I want Vic Fangio's all the pasta and all the meatballs. I want Chase Young and I want the quarterback. You maybe could get Chase Young and Herbert if you're willing to put together a hell of a package. Like a future one. And I would do that. Yeah, I probably would too. Hey, Duke abides. I am really concerned that the Broncos are so rigidly committed to the idea of Locke sitting for a year that they are getting ready to batten down the hatches and weather the storm with Brandon Allen or maybe C.J. Beathard. Ugh, no. If the Broncos organization has indeed reached the point where they are so inflexible that they cannot or will not adjust to the changing realities that arise every season, that is incumbent on the trustees to remove whatever impediments are standing in the way of progress. I hope by this time tomorrow Locke is practicing and this comment looks out of date, mm. but like a lot of fans, my trust in the Broncos organization to make an honest self-assessment and rational choices is at an all-time low. Quickly, I'd rather see Bobby Beathard start a game for the Broncos than C.J. Beathard. <laughs> um, and beyond that, it is crazy. This is the, my number one takeaway of the week. The Broncos have lost the trust of the people. 100%. Yep. Like, almost across the board. And it's deserved, you yep. know? It, just like I talked about in the first segment, it, it, it is fair. They've, that's pretty crazy. I mean, you're talking about a ironclad organization that has been the center of this town forever, and they have lost the trust of the people. And I have to say this, and I hate saying this, but if you want to make a statement, if you have a ticket, don't go. Right. Be a no-show. If the, if the Come to our tailgate. Bad. Come hang out with us at the Sons of Mile High DMVR tailgate, Lot N, south of Empower Field. Here's hang the, out the tailgate and go home. Here's the thing. I know a lot of people marked this down as their game this year. Because of like, Baker. Because of Baker and, it, and, and the Browns were this really sexy team. So I think a lot of people will end up going. But there is the caveat that if the weather is anything like it is today, a lot of people are going to say, you know what? Some hot cocoa on the couch. Sounds just fine. To I me. think we're looking at about a fifty-degree day, by the way. 
Yeah. So, so weather's mean, not going to be an excuse. You're right. My Cleveland Browns are a very sexy team, Ryan. They aren't anymore. Next they one, were. Next one from Missouri Bronco says, even if they don't want Drew Locke in the game, at least get him practicing. If he is not out there, they are screwing over his entire career. You guys have said that they might not, or they might know something we don't. But even then, with how many times John came to Columbia and saw him, what is going on here? There's no reason why he shouldn't be out there. This just ticks me off so much because this could be a quarterback mismanagement of epic proportions. Like I said, other stuff may be hidden hidden from view, but what we've done since 2016, I would be surprised if something bad isn't happening. Count me down or calm me down, fellas. QED for the fans losing trust. Yeah. Right there. Count Flacco. Everyone feels like something is happening. Something that, that, that is being held under wraps. Yeah. <laughs> they don't trust the team. Count Flacco. What might they know? No way he's worse than Paxton or Flacco or Trevor or Sanchez or Brock. Is there? We trade up to get the kid. If he's really not still hurt, let him play. I don't care if he throws garbage in the VR, whatever they might not be liking. We've got to give this kid a chance in at least four or five real games to see what his deal is i agree i think we talked about this a few weeks ago and we all said we want to see at least four or five games and this is a good question here and i'm, I'm excited to answer this one from vertical socks he says you guys have access to the coaches can you turn some of what you say in the podcast into questions can someone probe fangio on what his offensive philosophy is can someone ask him why the broncos are convinced that qbs have to play under center to win in the nfl when all over the nfl teams are winning with the qb primarily in shotgun can someone point out what the Redskins did with RG3 and ask him if he believes in adapting the offense to what the players do best? Interesting question here, and, and there's, a, I think, different philosophies on how you would answer this. One, most of these questions uh, are going to put Vic Fangio in a bad position because it's not his offense. Um, and just think of it from your perspective. Are you going to admit – Pub- are you going to state publicly that you disagree with your boss on something? Or ask your boss, in a way, a question that shows that he's wrong. Right, and that's the other one. The one about like RG3 and the Redskins, that sounds like you're trying to show up the coach. Right. And that's how you get yourself into trouble. So I understand um, what you're saying. We can ask some of these questions, and, so we, and, and we have. Um, one okay. trick that we always have to try to figure out as a media is what, how can I ask a question that actually gets answered? And a lot of questions um, that fans want to be asked will just be, you know, poo pooed away with some canned answer. There's a way to do it with some questions. Some questions there just simply isn't a way and to bring it up in vertical socks. A lot of the questions you asked, we, we can ask, but it would seem like we're showing the coach up if we asked right now when the Broncos are two and six. It's more off-season questions and when we're at the combine, right? Like the philosophy right, stuff. Exactly. With, it will be asked today, though. Like, why isn't Drew Lock practicing? Like, why? Why not activate Drew Lock? Well, tomorrow. Vic Fangio is not talking tomorrow, today. Tomorrow. But yeah, it, that that will come up. But the thing, like the philosophy on under center and all that, John Elway answered answer that at the combine. <laughs> the combination of answers that should have broken every Broncos fan's heart because he basically ruled out taking a quarterback who didn't have the requisite height. He ruled out taking a Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson because he's a a scrambler. But you know what? It's true. Those questions were about working under center and a quarterback uh, of less than ideal height. It was essential to get them out there because it laid bare their philosophy and showed, frankly, why – they're behind the top. What was my question? Was my question just do you believe Kyler Murray's tall enough to right. play quarterback? In and the then NFL? he got into the whole thing. Of he got like 
mad at the question. Like he got into he the got weeds. fired up, and then I followed up with with something along the lines of, "Well, does that mean that you won't consider a quarterback like that?" And he answered with a wink. I'm sure that wink doesn't look as good anymore now, John. Oh boy. Next one coming in from Drop Switch. Looking back at the draft, I still wish we would have drafted DK Metcalf instead of Locke. Just imagine Sutton on the left and Metcalf on the right. We would have the best wideout duel for years to come. I know it's unfair to say due to Locke being injured. Hope we see Locke play this year. How many draft picks will the Broncos use in linemen in the next draft, you think, if we could only clone Reisner? LOL. Speaking mm. of cloning, I watched that whole uh, Paul Rudd series. And Tom Brady actually has a point. Like, the context is different than uh, it appeared. But, again, he made it so much worse by not just saying that. Like, he could have just given a quick, like, synopsis of what it meant. It still is vaguely a reference, though. (laughs) Like, you can't write off the fact that that's what it looks like. And and he should have been smarter than that. Anyways, um, I actually wouldn't love the idea of Sutton and Metcalf just because they're both big, bulky receivers who do similar type things. I'm sure you could make it work. I'd rather have the combination like you had with DT and Sanders where you have the speedster and the possession guy. That's why the guys that I thought were the best fits for the Broncos in last year's draft, if they'd taken a receiver day two, be Terry McLaurin (laughs) or Andy Isabella out of UMass, who's now with the Arizona Cardinals. They fit skill sets that you were going to lose when Emmanuel Sanders moved on. I can't believe my Cardinals have more wins than the Broncos. (laughs) But my Bucks don't. (laughs) All right, from Missouri Bronco. I love the energy on this emergency pod, especially Mace, who this question is for. How in the world were you able to put a smile on while reporting for the last two seasons on the team's website? Better to laugh than cry. Yeah. And you have to be pleasant. I mean, ultimately, like if you're doing a video mailbag or something, you still have to bring some energy. You still have to. Mace is just there be, with like his hair over appeal. his face. I, I mean, if I get there and, and stand up there and say, what was me? Is anyone going to watch? A, the other thing, B, you're working for the team. So you had to pour more than a spoonful of sugar on the whole thing to help the medicine go down. Also, this is still an awesome job, even when the team is losing. Yep, it oh, is. Yes. I wonder how cool it could be if they were winning. <laughs> but I'll say this. I, the last few weeks, I have awakened and more than a few times have said, I am glad I'm not working for the team right now. <laughs> it, I, there's no way I could. There, there's no way I could do it. Without, I, I would have lost it. I would have said something that probably would have gotten me fired <laughs> because I am just at my wit's end about watching this team. All right, from G-Ham Chill. So ripping, huh? Anyone down for an Elway jersey burning party? I'll bring the Breck Brews. Wow. Yeah, don't burn the jersey. If you don't want your jersey, give it to a charity. Uh, get, give it to somebody in need. Don't Amen. burn it. So. T-Dub seems, says that seems a little <laughs> extreme. It, it is. I, I hate that. I mean, if don't, don't burn clothes you're not wearing. Give them away to someone in need. All Please. right, quickly, yes. before we move on, Symbio Tax Administration is the new alternative for addressing your tax needs. They provide their clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional. You guys know we're all about taking care of our own. And George over at Symbio Tax is a proud DNVR subscriber and a diehard Avs fan. Whether you have a small business, uh, you're looking to rent out a room in your house, or if you just need to get your tax return filed, go to a qualified professional to understand your tax requirements. Don't end up at one of those retail tax chains. Call Symbio Tax today for a free consultation at 720-366-4470 or visit them at symbiotax.com. That's Symbio S Y M. B 
B-I-O. Next one coming in from Bleed Orange and Blue says, The world of suck continues. I thought John Elway based a quarterback's value on not only his height, but also his third down conversion percentage. Flacco's was ugly, two for 12 or something in that range. Eight for their last 50. 16%. What the bleep are we doing with this guy? Tebow is more entertaining than this. True. If we we had Tebow in those two given red zone opportunities because of the two penalties against the Colts, he probably would have gotten a touchdown because he would run it in and run over anyone in his way. I'm so sick of Flacco. I can't watch him anymore. For the love of God and Broncos country, shit Flacco somewhere else. Anywhere. Maybe you're going to get your wish. (laughs) Into the sun. If Uh, Flacco wants to keep playing, I'm sure there will be opportunities to be bridge quarterbacks that avail themselves around the league. He can be the modern-day Steve DeBerg, but I can tell you I like Steve DeBerg a heck of a lot more than I like Joe Flacco. Watching Fitzpatrick last night, I mean, he had some some ugly things happen. I still liked him better than Flacco. At least Joe's in his prime. There's energy with Fitzpatrick. Yes. There's just And a great beard. Yeah. All right. You don't no. like Joe Flacco's neck beard then, huh? That's a little too far down the neck for my life. He was letting it grow this Did you week hear what too. they said on the broadcast? They said, we asked Joe Flacco about the beard. We said, well, hey, what's up with that? And he said, it's called laziness. <laughs> Wait, you think Wait. it's too far down the neck? Yes. I think it's too far up the cheek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. crossing a lot of boundary. It's, it's almost Mangia. Wait, the response from Joe Flacco was laziness? It's called laziness. <laughs> yeah. That was his, his explanation for the beard. Wow. That, that can be taken in any number of different directions <laughs> in regards to the energy, the overall play. Etc. Like Joe Flacco gets out of bed the same way that he gets out of the huddle. Just, <laughs> takes his time. It's over though. Yeah. We're past. I hope it's era. over. I hope it's over. Eat the cost. Move on. Count Flacula. No pods from Broncos facilities any longer. What's up with that? Whatever. You'll be rolling from cars and bars then, right? We'll roll from wherever we have to. We'll roll from the middle of the damn street in the snow if we have to. We will always be bringing you guys podcasts. The Broncos told everyone that no one can occupy the two available rooms for more than 15 minutes, so we got to work with what we'll we got. even come from the sun. Yeah. we'll. <laughs> let me tell you this. If, if Joe Flacco starts another game this season, I will launch myself into the sun. <laughs> Maybe when Elway and company are living in a van down by the river, the team will let pods back in. In the meantime, just put on your Mike Cliss masks and you'll be okay. No comment. <laughs> it's crazy that the house John helped build has become the shanties tearing down with his front office chicanery. I think I'll go to my chambers and Gus ferrat my head for a bit. <laughs> Avec amour, le comte. You know, it's funny that the tearing down the house that he helped build. The best analogy I've heard to describe the John Elway era is King Midas. Had a touch of gold. But eventually, because you have that touch of gold, you're turning everything you love to gold. So literally, with that magic touch, you're destroying all that you love. And he loves the Denver Broncos. Everything's frozen in gold. (laughs) Should have just left after Super Bowl 50, which coincidentally, everything was designed in gold. Yeah, the gold numbers that sit in the trophy case. You got two trophies instead of one for winning Super Bowl 50. 
True. Next one from Bronco born, Bronco bred. Are people really mad at John Elway about our backup quarterback situation when our starter was Joe Flacco? Yes. What were you expecting? Some caviar with your McDouble? Stop complaining and support the team. Yeah, it's world of suck right now, but guess what? This is how sports works. Sometimes you get through a few rough years to have a great year. Look at the 49ers and many other teams across the league. I'm the first one to say that coaching and management is screwing up the lock stuff, but it will be okay. The world is not going to end if Drew Locke is delayed to start. I realize he isn't the talent Mahomes is, but Mahomes didn't have a full half season before he put up MVP numbers. Just be happy. We're not trying to decide between Tebow, love him, but come on, or Orton. Sorry for the rant. Great content as always. Cheers. Here's the thing is they already knew. Like the Chiefs knew after like a week of training camp that Mahomes was their guy. Um, they didn't have to find anything out, and they weren't con- and they were good, so they weren't going to have a top pick. They weren't considering drafting a quarterback in the next year's draft. We know that the Broncos aren't 100 percent sold on Drew Locke. They need to get more information before they choose their top five pick. Exactly. And by the way, who had a higher passer rating in Denver, Kyle Orton or Joe Flacco? I'll Kyle go Orton. with Orton. Correct. And that was an era in which passer ratings were a bit lower than they are now. So era adjusted. What about Tebow and Flacco? <laughs> Tebow. Tebow had like a 40-something. <laughs> well, low completion percentage, not okay efficiency numbers. But QBR probably would have shined QBR. on him more. Right, yeah. because he did things with his legs and the team won. Yeah, I would rather be choosing between Tebow and Orton than a competition that involves Joe Flacco. I would watch... Tim Tebow over any of the Broncos quarterbacks over the last four years, 1,000 times out of 1,000. A million times out of it. Yeah. Shoot me to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> From Thick Burger Bronco, just subscribe for the year, boys. And Zach, I got you on the call. Oh, code, my baby. gosh. Oh. I love you, Thick Burger Bronco. Love you guys and happy to join the DNVR fan. Maybe you can share a Thick Burger with Zach. <laughs> <I've> been- <laughs> I love your Thick Burger. <laughs> Guys, I've been guys. Raised, I've been raised from birth a Broncos fan, but living 60 miles west of Chicago, Broncos diehards like myself to connect with are few and far between. For starters, not sorry about the long comment as I've been freeloading for some time and got a lot to get out. Couldn't stand hearing any more about Strawberry Sky, so I used the beer locator and hunted a case down. Although options were scarce, I was successful, and all I can say is, damn good beer. <laughs> RK, great article, and I 100% agree with you, this watered-down wannabe offense is brutal. But I guess to play devil's advocate, it's hard to see what's happening in San Fran and think it's not the scheme. It's more of a fault of the guy behind the play sheet, albeit many are not baby shanty. Well, here's what I said yesterday. When executed to perfection, it's one of the best offenses in NFL history. It's just way too hard, and you need way too many of the right pieces to execute it to perfection. When there's offenses out there, like – I, I, I don't like comparing college to the NFL, but just look at what Mike Leach is able to do in Wash, at Washington State. He can't recruit great players to Pullman, Washington, but he has a system that's super easy to execute, and he just says, give me athletes. Give me a quarterback who's accurate, and we will roll. Although I recall Steve Spurrier trying that philosophy in Washington in 02 and 03 and saying, hey, you know, we're, we're good with Danny Warfel. We're good with Shane Matthews. Yeah, Not I mean, really. again, but, I mean, look at what Cliff Kingsbury is doing. That team is – completely void of talent and they're figuring out a way to average 24 points a game all right he goes on and says i have not been one of the fans calling for elway's job over the last few years i've been consistent in thinking that the duke has gotten better especially these last two years with evaluating and drafting and honestly felt better about him turning this around 
came to a crest when he hired the man to coach that I've been pining for since midway through last season in Vic Fangio. But the mishandling of our shiny second-round toy might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Thanks for everything, boys. Next one coming in from Jake Chris. This management of Drew Locke is worse than that of Paxton Lynch. Is Brandon Allen our new Trevor Simeon? I highly doubt they will give him them, give themselves enough time to evaluate Locke before the end of the season. In turn, I don't think there is a real chance we take a quarterback in the draft. Any news on the ownership front cause that may be our only hope at this point, RIP 2019 Broncos. The only news is that at some point, uh, probably in the next few weeks, Brittany Bowen is going to uh, start working full-time with the Broncos organization. That's the only thing that's in play right now. Bring the lock hammer with you, Brittany. <laughs> yeah. Brian, I agree. With, although I agree with everything you guys are saying on how stupid it is to not let lock practice, why aren't these tough questions being asked during media time? Specifically, in the handling of a young QB across the league, the mentality is find what you have. Find out what you have. What recent success do the Broncos have with young QBs that show their methods work? Are you guys prevented from asking these types of questions? We've asked these questions, and, and specifically of Rich Gangarello, who has given us the best answers of them. And he's just said that his philosophy is that you have to wait until the guy's ready. And like Ryan said, Vic will be asked tomorrow. I'll ask the question if it's not the second one off the bat. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't um, – the reason a lot of people don't see the quotes on this stuff is because people don't like them. And, if, and it's because it's the same answer for four so weeks. We don't, what I'm saying is no one retweets the quote that they hate. Right. You know, and right. so when, when you tweet out what Rich Gangarello is saying about uh, the quarterbacks, it just it gets no action and it doesn't go viral and no one sees it. Okay, I'm writing the story tomorrow, so get ready for it on thednvr.com. All right. Next one's from Iceman. He says, hey, boys, my grades for the first and second quarter of 2019 seem to be hard to understand. So the bottom line at the midterm, D. D grade equals a bad football club. Joe may be going on IR. I wonder who failed to touch wood for him. <laughs> Thank them. Starting And I hope Joe Flacco's okay. Starting a game against an NFL team with a backup quarterback with zero plays in an NFL game and a new backup rookie quarterback with also zero plays in an NFL game means the Broncos will have 0% chance of winning. Go Zoomies. Yeah, nice the, math, by the way. The there. Browns better not lose this game or it'll be... I don't even know a word to they say. They might fire Freddie Kitchens oh, at halftime. Yes, please. If they lose this game. <laughs> Spare us having to watch Freddie Kitchens just blow all this talent. It's going to be Mike McCarthy coaching that team by January anyway. I think it's, they're going to look at this as a one-year mistake. We screwed up. Our first instinct was to hire McCarthy. John Dorsey knows him going back to Green Bay. It makes too much sense. Go ahead and do that and basically try to forget that that season ever happened for Cleveland. All right, next one here is from Mark S. He says, Aloha, RK, Z-Money, and Mace. Z-Money, I like that. <laughs> I predict that Drew will not make an appearance this season. If LA and company felt that Drew was the future, you'd expect them to at least want him out there, continuing his development. Forget starting, but just on the field, learning, practicing. For whatever reason, John doesn't want Locke to be an option at all this season. One would argue that they truly want to give him a full redshirt year and not rush him. But wasn't it LA who once said he believes it's more valuable to start young quarterbacks right away rather than letting them sit? John Elway said that... He learned by sitting after he started because he got benched as a rookie. He started the opening few games. Steve DeBerg came in. He's talked about how he learned a great deal from having started but then seeing it through different eyes on the sideline as Steve DeBerg played and then felt he was ready to go back in there. So you need the starts in the first place. Yep. He goes on and says, Vic is normally confident, sure-handed, straight shooter. His demeanor and measured words in the press conferences as of late have been quite different, though. On Monday, Fangio stood at the press conference with both hands in his back pocket. 
Unusual body language for him that suggests he's on defense. After announcing Allen would start, Vic took a big gulp of air before saying they would have to decide between Brett and Locke as the backup. The fact that they have to decide between a second-round pick and a UDFA is bizarre. Going back to my prediction, what do you guys think of the idea that Elway doesn't believe Locke is the future, that he's doing everything in his power to sideline him to avoid a Tebow scenario where Drew balls out and becomes a fan favorite? He's buying time until he could draft Herbert in 2020. I well, just, then why I, would you have drafted Locke right, in the first right. place? There's just yep. no way you could go from liking him enough to draft him. And you should have, honestly love someone before you draft them to being afraid to play him because he's good. If he right. does do that, then, you re- then he really doesn't know what he's doing. I don't think that. They, they liked Drew Locke enough to make the trade up 10 picks to get him in round two. All right, I got to get you guys out of here so you can get on these snowy roads. We got one more, and it's actually kind of addressed at me, so let me okay, get through it really quick. Saucy Sangaheri. Mace, I love your honesty, and I can hear the pain in your voice when bemoaning about the pathetic shambles this one great team has become but you got to stop saying sorry for doing so. Most of us fans feel the same way. It's placating to hear someone of your standard, standing validate our own thoughts. P.S. I got up at 3 a.m. before my work day to watch that rubbish game. Oof. I'm sorry. Sorry. Well, I just said sorry. Here's, <laughs> We're all we're sorry. Okay. <laughs> Here's where I get the sorry, and sometimes if I'm talking to a player in the locker room one-on-one and I'm asking a pointed question, it's the old Mike Wallace tactic of saying forgive me. Here's an example. In 1979, they, the hostages have been taken in Iran. Everyone's familiar with that story, right? Mm-hmm. So Mike Wallace gets an interview with the Ayatollah Khomeini. So we're not talking about the wide receiver, Mike Wallace. <laughs> right. right. We're talking about the great journalist, Mike Wallace. And so he's there in this interview with the Ayatollah. There's a translator who's basically serving as the Farsi to English translator. And... Mike Wallace relays the comments of Egyptian President Anwar Sadat, who says, Sadat, forgive me, and, and this is what Mike Wallace says, forgive me, but Sadat calls you a lunatic. <laughs> and the translator looks at him fun, funny, he's like, yes, that's what he said. But that was Mike Wallace's thing. Whenever he was about to ask a really pointed question like that, he would always say, forgive me. So I think some of that sort of ingrained in me to kind of, you know, take the blow, egg blow off, the eggs off a little bit. Makes sense. Well said, Mace. Mace, Zach, I will finish up the questions here as you Ryan, guys we love you. brave the elements, drive safe. And we love the listeners. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. All right. The next question here comes in from Joe Turner 96 He says, hey, fellas, just subscribe. Your podcast helped me get through the work morning over here in the Isle of Man. I was surprised to hear a few weeks ago that you had another listener from the Isle of Man as well. My friend over here also listens to you guys, and it seems as if you have a bit of a fan base on this small island. My question is in regards – that's awesome, by the way. My question is in regards to the Broncos having too much invested in Drew Locke to give up on him this year if he doesn't pan out. When they traded back last year from 10 to 20, they got an additional second-round pick and third-round pick this year. If they used the second-round pick as part of the deal to trade up for Drew, they used the second-round pick as part of the deal to, to trade up for Drew. If they were to give up on Drew after one year, that would mean the Broncos would only have technically gotten an additional third-round pick for dropping 10 spots. Surely that would be gross negligence on Elway's part and something he wouldn't willingly want to do. Anyway, as always, keep up the good work, guys. I mean, I can see where you're coming from, but you can't do that. Like, you just you can't operate that way. You can't say, well, we can't play Drew this year because if he sucks, then we have to draft another quarterback next year, and that's going to look really bad on us. 
you have to operate in terms of what's best for the team, not what's best for your image. And I understand what you're saying, which is that maybe John Elway isn't thinking that way. But you only look worse. And maybe in the moment, it's like when you when you get caught doing something you should have and your first instinct is to lie. But in reality, after you tell that lie, like when you go to sleep that night, you realize, oh my God, I just made this so much worse for myself. And that's how I feel about this. It's like, I realize the first instinct is what can I, how do I save face for myself? But the way that you really need to look at this is what's the best thing for the team? Because if you end up making the best decision for the team, no one cares. If the Broncos play Drew Locke this year and he looks awful, which I personally do not expect, but let's just say it happens. And we're all sitting here saying, man, he's got a long way to go. And then Elway goes out there and drafts Justin Herbert or whatever quarterback, you know, you think he should pick and Herbert comes in and balls out, people will forget about Drew Locke faster than you can say Drew Locke. You know, like, I get not wanting to, to make your decisions look bad, but if you if you act in the logical way and make the best decision for the team after that and you get it right, no one's going to blame you. But I get where you're coming from, Joe. From Golden Boy. Hey guys, having watched and been a true blue and orange fan for the last 50 years, I have to admit as I am disappointed as when Oakland killed us in the Josh McDaniels era. Maybe his last game. That was brutal. I spent many years in corporate America, and it appears to me that perhaps the coaches are operating within a tight guideline or limits. Is Elway a puppet master and not letting the coaches adjust to the personnel? Doesn't sound like him. I am in the tank for John because I remember the franchise before John. Game manager as an example. If that's the mantra... It is the explanation on why third and five we run. Does Joe have the ability to opt out of that call? But Skanks has to see it, doesn't he? His job has to be on the line. Why wouldn't he open it up? Is our personnel that bad? The O-line is. Um, Joe Joe has the option to, uh, to audible out of a lot of calls. That is not one that I would expect him to be able to because that's very obviously going against what the coaches are telling you. If the coaches are saying, hey, it's third and five, we want to take 40 seconds off the clock here, run the ball, you audible into a pass and you you know throw an incomplete pass, you are going to be in the doghouse and you might never recover from that. And maybe Joe Flacco you know, in this moment would say, I should have just done whatever I thought because now it's over for me anyway. But a player can't go against the coach's wishes that much. If it's second down in the second quarter and Joe Flacco gets out there and they're in a run, but he sees Cortland Sutton's in one-on-one and he wants to take a shot, he can make that call. But these are game management decisions. All right. He goes on and says, as far as Drew Locke is concerned, I have a belief that the pro personnel people are genuinely pretty smart and not getting him back. I'm afraid it's an indication that he's nothing more than a backup. We need a left tackle and a right guard. I'm afraid we need a quarterback as well. Noah Fan has been a disappointment. Every game he has one or two critical mistakes, a drop, a penalty, or a misassignment. The other issue for me is our special teams are awful. I suspect the overall lack of talent hurts. Now the positive. The D is good. Real good. We've uncovered some good young players. Still need another defensive lineman, linebacker, and cornerback depth for an upgrade. Still need to cover tight ends. <sighs> okay. There's just no chance that the Broncos could already know that Drew Locke is no more than a backup. He didn't even have a full training camp. I get that. I mean, that's the sentiment I'm seeing in my mentions more than anyone. Oh, well, if they don't want to play him, they must know he sucks. Just not possible. And we saw in his last preseason game that he started to get, started to put it together. 
I can understand not thinking he's ready. Unfortunately for the Broncos, you just don't have time to wait to see if he's ready because you have to find out what the next step is for your franchise. Um, Noah Fant, he has been uh, disappointing in a lot of different ways. I think he is slowly but surely getting better. It's hard for tight ends. You rarely see a tight end go out there and ball right away. So I think we have to give him more time as well. Next one here is from Andrew O. He is no Steve Atwater or Kanoi Kennedy, but I'm really excited that a Razorback will start uh, for the old orange and blue this Sunday. I know that the future is Drew Locke, but I think everyone is writing off Allen too quickly. Playing for Arkansas, Allen has a lot of experience playing behind terrible offensive lines. Maybe he'll surprise Broncos country. If not, it's on to Drew Locke after the bye. Maybe not even then. Um, he had a question for Mace that I would recommend him if he wants Mace's answer to, to uh, ask tomorrow. But he says, what is the number one reason that Steve Outwater hasn't already been inducted into the Hall of Fame? Do you think it's a combination of factors working against him? I got a, two things. One, safeties have, not, have generally been disrespected over the last two decades or so, uh, or just in the history of the Hall of Fame. There hasn't been much love for safeties. They're finally coming around on that, and I think that's a really important thing for Steve Atwater. You've seen Brian Dawkins and Ed Reed and all these guys start going in. I think people are starting to understand the value of the safety a little bit more just in football in general. And the other thing that goes against Steve is that he's a Bronco. Sucks to say, but the Broncos have never gotten their due respect from the Hall of Fame. And it's really taken until the last few years for people to really start pressuring the committee on that. You know, the social media era has done wonders for that because in, in the past they could just, you know, live in a vacuum and, and do things whatever they want. And really the only people that could criticize them is the media. Well, now there's a ton of public outcry that is calling them out for looking over the Broncos. And I think that's obviously been good for the Broncos over the past few years. I do think Steve eventually gets in, but those are the two things I think going against him the most. From TCU Bronco, at risk of sounding like a total moron, would y'all be able to explain this IR rule in regard to the lock situation? It was my understanding that he would not be able to, eligible to play for another two to three weeks once brought back to practice. However, everyone is talking of, as if lock is eligible to become the backup this coming weekend. Thanks, guys. Well, you certainly don't sound like a moron because no one, and I truly mean no one, fully understands these rules. And when I say no one, I include people in the Broncos organization which Zach talked to to try and get a full understanding who, in the end, gave him incorrect information. The belief was that you had to be on, uh, you had to return to practice for two weeks before being able to play in the third week. That is true only if you return to practice at the earliest possible time, which for the Broncos would have been after week six. Drew Locke could have practiced all of week six. Sorry, all of week seven, all of week eight, and played at the end of, uh, of the week, which is this week, week nine. But that does not apply if you are activated into practice starting this week. So in reality, Drew Locke could still play this week if he was activated into practice today. As we know, the Broncos aren't going to do that. So that's not a possibility. But essentially... You just have to sit out for eight full weeks. Once you're out for eight full weeks, you can play. The practice thing only applies to if you return to practice before those eight full weeks have uh, expired. And I asked Vic Fangio directly yesterday. I said, Vic, are you saying that Drew Locke is eligible to play this week if he were to return to practice? And he said, yes, if we make that decision to activate him from IR. 
Last one here is from Sir James Radio. He says, I used to have a sport uh, show called Sports Jar in the Car, where we would interview different people uh, and athletes around the JUCO I attended. What a nice little callback for me. <laughs> Allen is the kind of move that would backfire when he messes up and wins some games. We've bashed him all year, but no one wants him hurt. I hope Flacco recovers quickly with as uh, many times as he's been hit this year because of the poor O-line play. I'm honestly surprised he lasted this long. Yeah, yeah we, we, we wish for full health uh, for Joe Flacco for sure. I just don't want to see him play football for the Broncos anymore. Um, as for Allen, I wish the guys were still here for this take because yesterday we talked and, and I, you know, no one had any faith in Brandon Allen. Now, just because everyone is completely overlooking him, I can totally envision a scenario where he goes out there and plays pretty well. Uh, unfortunately, he's going. To, he he is a quarterback who doesn't have experience in this league. He's going to have to deal with a pretty poor O line, and most specifically, Garrett Bowles trying to block Miles Garrett, which we saw last year was an absolute you know what show. And then you add in the fact that he's not an experienced quarterback and he's not going to have great pocket presence, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think it could get really ugly for him. But I can also see a scenario where he makes two really great throws in the game and that's enough for the Broncos. I'm not as, um, you know, in the sand as I was yesterday about the Broncos having no chance. I actually think that there could be the, the effect that Mace talked about yesterday where the AAA pitcher comes in, no one has a scouting report on him. And, you know, for his first two starts, he's really good. Look at what happened with Tim Melville for the Rockies this year. Comes out of independent ball, I believe, in the beginning of the year. Ends up having a couple of good starts. Then you kind of get figured out. But that could happen for Brandon Allen. There's no real tape on him other than the preseason. And this is a game that I believe is going to be an absolute slog. Um, the, the Browns' offensive line is just as bad, if not worse, than the Broncos. The Broncos' pass rush is just as good, if not better, than the Browns. There's going to be no time for quarterbacks back there. And I think one or two great throws on a deep ball could be the difference in the game. Who knows if Brandon Allen makes them. Okay, that wraps it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks to Zach and Mace for uh, braving the conditions to get down there and talk to the players today. We'll see what comes out of that. I'm sure Brandon Allen will speak. Be interesting to see what he has to say about his first start. So make sure you stay tuned to the dnvr.com and since they're gone i can say use the code rk when you subscribe you'll get a free t-shirt you'll help me win a year supply of beer and you'll help us as the broncos beat defeat the nuggets who are on a roll right now just brought in two new guys they've got a whole new group of people that are paying attention to dnvr so we need your help use the code rk or if you want to help those other guys you can use their code too but until tomorrow, that's going to wrap it up on the DNVR Broncos podcast. And before I let you go, I got to tell you one more time about the Denver Rubber Company. You guys know that supporting local businesses in our blood, and we're super excited to tell you about DRC. And it may not be what you think it is. DRC is the most reliable partner for your long-term projects. They're tried and true since 1972, and they've provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets to bolted rubber to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. Give them a call today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. Have a great day. Have a great day, guys. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. It's getting me down, waiting for you. Cause I could have just as easily left by now. 
makes 